This message is brought to you from Calon Church. We pray that it encourages and inspires you. Hey guys, how are you? I hope you're doing well. You know, I don't know about you, but it is so strange just like talking into a camera. I just want to see your lovely faces, but hopefully it won't be long before we can do that because I just want to come and squeeze you. If you remember the last couple of times I've spoken, I've spoken about purpose, plans, and priorities. And then the last time I spoke to you, I talked uh, about making the most of every opportunity that God gives us and how we can do that, if you remember. And today I want to kind of take an extension on that and looking at opportunities again. But this time I want to look at um, life paralysis. Now, life paralysis is when we are almost afraid to do things, either because the, the fear of failing or the fear of letting people down or the fear of criticism. But basically, when we get to that point, we cannot move in that particular circumstance because we're almost physically paralyzed because of the fears of stuff around us. What we do is we create a worst-case scenario in our minds, and the likelihood is that becomes reality because we just keep thinking about it and thinking about it, the worst-case scenario, and it becomes our reality, and it paralyzes us. An example could be a woman in a, an abusive relationship. She might remain there for fear of what leaving will bring. She doesn't know if she'll find anybody else to love her, she doesn't know if she'll ever find somebody else that she can share her life with. And the uncertainty of that, whether that's a good scenario or not, whether she's in a good situation or not, the uncertainty of that still keeps her in that toxic relationship. Have you heard of the saying, when you focus on your problems, you get more problems. When you focus on the possibilities, you get more opportunities. So this morning, I want to show you the way of focusing on possibilities. You know, what ifs are, is a powerful question, isn't it? But you know, they could be a negative and a positive answer to what if. What if I fall versus what if I fly? What if I can't versus, but what if I can? What if it doesn't work out versus what if it's a success? So this morning, I want to look at the story that can be found in John 5, and I'm going to be reading from verses 1 to 9. So follow it with me on the screen uh, if you'd like. And it says this, Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was a pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he'd been an invalid for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the bubbles, water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly. The man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. Now, this man was a cripple. For 38 years, he'd had this illness that had made him paralyzed. And he'd sat at the pool day in, day out in the same position, not being able to, to get into the pool when the water was stirred. 
You see, the pool of Bethesda, like very uh, similar pools around Jerusalem, had an intermittent spring. So at times, water was released in surges from the hidden reservoirs in the hills and caused the springs to rise and fall and ripple. The Jews believed that the ripples were actually caused by an angel coming down and stirring the water. And it was during the time that the water was stirred that the sick people believed that when they got into the water, they would be healed. So here this man in the story sat every single day. And when the water was stirred, he was physically unable to get into the water. He probably felt alone, probably felt uh, fearful of the future, probably was wondering what would become of him as he maybe got older. He was probably disappointed and frustrated as he saw other people kind of moving on with their lives, could have been angry, maybe even jealous of those that were around him. Maybe he had tried and failed to get into the water in the past. Maybe he had made the assumption that there was no point in trying because he possibly could never get in that water. So what was the point? For years, he had sat there watching others achieved what he could only dream of. And so often, that is like us, isn't it? Life can paralyze us. Stuff that happens to us can paralyze us. It can give us the fear of failing. It can give us the fear of being judged or criticized. We could be afraid of letting people down or disappointing them in some way. Maybe we just assume we can't do it and therefore because we think we're not capable, we just don't try. But when life comes and paralyzes us, we become the person that sits there and we just let life happen. We become jealous of those around us who are achieving and critical of those that are trying. We just become bitter. Well, this morning, I want to show you a way that we can become better, not bitter. In verse 6, Jesus asked the man at the pool, do you want to get better? Now, I don't know about you, but when you read this, you just think to yourself, what a silly question. He is paralyzed. He can't move. Of course he wants to get better. But Jesus was asking a really serious question because it was entirely possible that the man didn't want to get well. Someone once told me um, as I was trying another diet again that you will only lose weight when the need or the want to lose weight is more than the need or the want to eat that piece of cake. You see, whatever you're um, paralyzed by at the moment, the need to change or the want to change and make it into something different has got to be greater than the need that you're in already. So you might be paralyzed or feel paralyzed in your job. You might be feeling paralyzed in your finances. You might be feeling paralyzed in a particular relationship or raising your kids. Or it might be that it's something I'm saying as simple, it's not as simple, but something like losing weight or giving up smoking or anything like that. It could be for you something massive or it could be something small, but whatever it is, you feel helpless and paralyzed. So I've got three points for you this morning on how we can get out of this situation. Firstly, you must decide you want the change. Jesus asked the man, do you want to be well? Now, there could be many reasons that he didn't want to be well. 
It could be that he was so familiar with his surroundings that he was afraid of what would happen if he was healed. It could be that his daily routine, you know, just the comfort of it, his mates were sat around with him, so he was with the people that he knew. You see, when we sometimes do something long enough, it becomes the norm, and it becomes comfortable, and even if it's not a good thing, it can, what is, it can be the thing that we still hold on to. Do you remember Brooks? It's, he was part of my favourite, favourite film, Shawshank Redemption. He was the elderly man in the prison with Andy, if you remember. Partway through the film, Brooks is paroled and he's forced to leave his life in prison. He's forced to face the world outside, forced to live, to leave everything he knows, all his friends, forced in a way to lose his identity, because his identity was really being the, the librarian, if you remember, in the film. And here he gets parole, something that to us would be absolutely brilliant news. But when he left prison and joined kind of normal life, and he was, uh, obviously had a job, and he had an apartment and a flat, he longs for what he was used to. He longs to go back to prison. He cannot cope with the new. And sadly, in a very emotional scene, he takes his own life. So when Jesus asked the man at the pool whether he wanted to be well, what he was asking is, was he willing to change? If I make you well, you can't sit here and gossip all day. If I make you well, you'll have to leave this place and the people that you know. If I make you well, you cannot be a beggar anymore. If I make you well, you can't use your illness anymore. If I make you well, you have to move from here. There's a price for being made well. You see, when we uh, want to move from a place of feeling paralyzed, when we want change, there is a price to pay. If you want to change your job, there'll be a price to pay. If you want to fix your marriage, there'll be a price to pay. If you want to redirect your business, there'll be a price to pay. If you want to lose weight, there'll be a price to pay. Or give up smoking, or whatever it is. If you want to do anything differently, there will be a price to pay. So my question this morning, do you really want to be made better? Secondly, you must decide to stop making excuses. Benjamin Franklin once said, he that is good for making excuses is seldom good for anything else. Do you ever catch yourself making excuses when things don't go entirely your way? Have you ever tried to explain away why you didn't or you couldn't or you shouldn't or you wouldn't do something? That's exactly what the man in the story does. He responds to Jesus' question by giving an excuse by why he hadn't been healed. But I'm all alone. There is no one to help me. Now, don't get me wrong. You can't help feel sorry for this gentleman. He was all alone. He had nobody to help him. He had a severe disability. In reality, it was a tra tragic situation. But he still didn't answer the question. He just made an excuse. Have you heard the saying, if you want something bad enough, then you will find a way. If not, you will find an excuse. Excuses are invented reasons we create to defend our behavior. 
to postpone taking actions or simply as a means of neglecting responsibility. An excuse is nothing more than a self-imposed roadblock. So this morning, what excuses are you making? Thirdly, you must decide to take action. John Ruskin, uh, a leading Victorian art critic, said this, what we think or what we know or what we believe in, in the end, is of little consequence. The only consequence is what we do. You can dream all you want. You can plan all you want and prioritize all you want. You can tell as many people about your plans as you want to. But unless you actually start to do something about it, all that has been a complete waste of time. It's like a photographer. He plans an elaborate photo shoot down to the very last detail, but then he never picks up the camera and takes the picture. After asking the man if he wanted to be well and standing there listening to all the excuses why he hadn't done it for himself, Jesus tells him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Jesus tells him what to do. You see, up until now, the man had become so accustomed to this bed, to this mat that he had sat on. The man's whole world consisted of just an eight-foot eight square mat. He went through the same routine day after day. And while that might be monotonous to us, to him, it was safety. In fact, his mat had become like a security blanket for him. But you see, if you want to change, you can't keep sitting with your security blanket. You can't keep doing the same thing, going to the same places, or hanging around with the same people. You've got to get rid of your mat, roll it up, and throw it away. It was Jesus who healed the man at the pool, but it was the man who had to get up and walk. I don't know where this message finds you today, but take a moment to think about the area of life that you feel paralyzed. Do you want to see change? Do you really want to see change? Because if we do, then we have to stop making excuses. We have to pick up our mat and we have to take action. And when we do, just watch the miracle that God will do in your life. In closing, there is one other thing that's significant about this story. The man was paralyzed. He probably longed to change his life, but either couldn't or wouldn't change. Not until he had an encounter with Jesus. Then everything changed. You see, when you meet Jesus, when you have a real encounter with him, everything changes. Second Corinthians 5 says this, anyone, anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is gone and everything is new. So for all of you who have watched us here online for many weeks now, I think we're probably up to 15 or 16 weeks here that we've been online, and maybe you don't have a close relationship with God, are you like the man at the pool? You're sitting there, observing. I suggest that you are. I suggest that you are interested in what is happening around you. I suggest you are interested in God. 
Because otherwise, why are you watching week in, week out? You see, I don't know about you, but I don't watch boxing and I don't watch gardening programs on the telly. Why? Because I'm not interested. But look, here you are, listening again to us telling you about God. You're sitting, you're observing. Maybe you're wondering what it's like to be part of the Christian faith. Maybe you're wondering what it's like to be part of the family like Calon Church. Maybe you are looking at as we do the worship at the beginning and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm feeling something. My heart is being pulled. Maybe God is pulling at your heart. And instead of taking action, you are just making excuses. Today, as you watch this, Jesus is here. He's looking at you like he was looking at the man. And he's asking you, do you want to be well? Do you want to be loved? Do you want to be forgiven? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to feel peace? Do you want to have a hope? Do you want to have a new life, a new perspective? Do you want to be made well? And here now is your opportunity to have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life forever. Come on, let's, let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are interested in every aspect of our life. You don't want us just to survive, but you have come so that we can thrive. I pray for everyone today who feels paralyzed by something in their life, whether it's through fear, afraid of failing or letting others down. Maybe it's because they're comfortable or maybe it's that they have no confidence in themselves. I pray that you will give them the courage to pick up their mat and do what they need to do this morning. I also pray for those who don't yet have a relationship with you, that you will help them to see past their excuses and give them the courage to say today, God, I need you to change my life. Help us all to be the people that you have called us to be. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. This message was brought to you from Calon Church. If you want to know more, please check us out online at calon.church.